What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Experience Podcast. We're here with our guest, Mr. Ambrogio Di Palato, the closing king at Closing King What's going on, on social gentlemen? media. Yes, thanks sir. for having me. Thank you for coming. Absolutely. Is is this the first first episode? First official? No, no, episode? not first official. It okay. might end up being the first official, but we filmed two other episodes. Yeah, we filmed two other. But you're like the first guest, guest. the first, first legitimate guest. guest. Okay. Yeah, I'll accept it. Yeah, the first guest with a legitimate business with legitimate, like, like team employees credibility and i think you could add a lot of value to the audience so it's going to be fantastic that's what that's what i'll do for you good gentlemen yeah appreciate it bro and i honestly i've been i even told you this is how i'm going to start it off but i have to start it off for all the listeners at home what how can you explain what you do because i know what you do perfectly and i could i could say it right here and i could recite it and i think people should be able to understand the way i say it but if you were to explain what you do how would you explain it to somebody that has no idea about high ticket sales closing uh info products like how could you simplify it i think the easiest way to explain the business is think about like a recruiting company you know you're going and find talent and you're going and place them in a business we do that but for sales primarily so what we do is we build sales teams for other companies primarily in the real estate education space now to elaborate on what is the real estate education space if you've seen any mentorships, courses, done for you services, a lot of like what you see on the internet with these swipe up programs of the likes of like Tony Robbins um, and some of the other big names. Uh, Dean Graziosi. Yeah, Dean Graziosi. You also got Ed Milet, you know, Andy Frisella. A lot of these guys who are, have made it to the upper echelons of business. And now the war, you know, they're, they're in the process of showcasing that information. And that could be in course format. That could be in like a, a little bit more hands-on mentorship. So we come in to build their sales teams out because they've built legit businesses. They don't have a lot of time to allocate to building another business on top of their existing business. Right. So it's the same thing. You still need marketing. You still need sales. You still need operations. You still need customer service. So we come in to take over the entire sales process. And when you say sales process, you mean completely for the courses, correct? Yeah, exactly. And, and we've worked with a lot of done-for-you services when it comes to like marketing agencies and like funding services and credit repair and stuff of that nature. And a lot of these services that you'll see like humongous companies offering, but let's say it's a newer company that's initially getting into the marketplace. They don't have all the tools and resources to allocate towards building a rock solid sales team. That's where we come in and just help these businesses go to a hundred K a month, 200 K a month, a million dollars a month, $2 million a month. And we take 20% in the process. Nice, nice. Love it. So what does it look like then? Like the behind the scenes process of what your company does for them, for example? Yeah. So an example would be, let's say, you know, in your case, Michael, with your your business. Yeah. Let's say, you know, in the next couple of years, you guys go on to be a billion dollar company. Your level of knowledge is something that other people want, right? People are going to be asking you left, right and center. How did you do it? What can I do? How can I become as successful as you? That's where you would go on to create some sort of education. Now you could provide that for free or you could get paid in the process. It's your knowledge. You decide what you do with it. Now, a lot of our clients have opted to get paid in the process because at the same time, you pay attention to what you pay for, right? I think we've all heard that expression. The more I invest into anything, and I've seen this in my own personal life, whether it comes to creating my own content, 
you know, establishing certain systems in my business, the more I pay for it, the more I'm going to fucking make sure it works. It, the more I, committed I'm going to sure. be to I it. I couldn't agree more. Because now that. I have more on the line. Yeah. I have more skin in the game, right? So when it comes to education, and you can think about this in the more of like the traditional education realm, people are going to university. They're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, getting themselves into hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. Yet, you know, some of them come out successful. Some of them don't. Same principle applies to the info product space. But at least there's that initial skin in the game. You're going to show up to class. Oh, I, I yeah. agree, bro. You're going to do the things you need to do. And well, you know what really stuck for me was when we went down to LA. Like, I remember when we did the Grant Cardone 10X. I believe you were there. I don't think you were there. And when we had gone there, we'd gone like the $100 ticket. Like, it was 97 bucks. I was there. I was at yeah, the yeah, I was, yeah, it was just Amber that wasn't there. And I was there. I was like motivated. You know, it was, it was good. But I remember when we went down to LA and like, I think it was like, fucking like 2.5 thousand or some shit like that something like that something like that i was listening to goddamn every single fucking word i was like i was like wow 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 yeah, wow I agree. like that changed my whole perspective of imagine the guy fucking spending ten thousand dollars there like how much yeah. a obviously the connections and you know the, and so on and so forth but yeah. i totally agree with you bro skin in the game is a huge but you know what factor. i find so funny is that well not funny but i find a bit sad to be quite honest is that people think that these courses are scams and the way i see it is like if you even learn a little bit and you paid let's say a thousand bucks five thousand bucks that's that's amazing yeah. like when you go to school and you pay all that money like you're saying or even if you don't pay that much money what you learn as much as or as little as you learn is so valuable i don't understand why yeah. people look at it as if like oh i took this course and i didn't become a millionaire like that's not the point the point well, is like, how much did you learn? And if you could make money in the process, I took so many courses that I still apply to my business today that didn't make me any money really at the time. Yeah. But now they make me a bunch of money because it's combined with other knowledge. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Well, I, I think you could look at that as like the traditional school system, right? You have the Ivy League schools and then you have community college. Yeah. You know, there's there's always going to be yeah. some degree of competitiveness in the environment. And I think the best businesses will prevail, right? Yeah. The most impactful knowledge. And it's like when you look at, you know, any of these high level business owners that we follow on, on social media, whether that be like Alex Hermosi, Ed Milet, Andy Fisella, all of these guys. Nick Buffoni. Yeah, Nick <laughs> Buffoni. When, when we look at those guys, we could take a lot of what they say at face value because we know they've built a really a real business. They've actually established a certain level of success that we could take almost, you know, everything that they say as truth, at least when it comes to the realm of business. So when we look at like the traditional school system, it's hard to evaluate what's like, you know, truthful, what's false, what's applicable in the workspace, what's actually going to make me money. And I think there's a lot of information there that's great. And I don't ever want to knock the school system because I think the people that come out of it that have you know, studied to become any type of professional, whether doctor, lawyer, specialist, so on and so forth. Those individuals have showcased that they could adhere themselves and be disciplined enough in order to make it through something that's pretty hard and most people don't make it through. Right. So that that's kind of like a distinguishing factor of success, right? Yeah, yeah discipline. And I, think, and I think the same thing applies to anyone who's looking to get into, let's say, wholesaling or real estate investing or you know, cryptocurrencies or social media marketing or any type of agency work, the the weak won't prevail, no matter the amount of education that you give them. Right. And I think when you look at that at a broad spectrum and you look at, 
you know, the, let's say the info product space as a whole, the reason to your point earlier, Michael, that a lot of people think it's a scam, it's either they were never meant to be successful in the first place, in which case those people don't, don't invest in programs because you don't have the drive, you don't have the discipline, you don't have the knowledge, skill, whatever it may be. And investing in something doesn't grant you right of passage to success. A hundred percent. There requires the work, the implementation and all of the things behind it. And we could also say that investing in the right information is important as well. If I'm trying to become a doctor, I'm not going to go study to become a mechanic and say, hey, well, you know, I have I have these credentials. How come I can't go and do open heart surgery? Well, it's very clear that you studied in the wrong opportunity. So I think a lot of these things are propagated in the space. You get to put ads on on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, so on and so forth. And it's great. You could put that out there. And basically anyone with any amount of knowledge could put that information out there. But if you choose to invest in it, that's at your own peril, right? You have to be able to do some due diligence on the person that you're purchasing any type of program for and decipher, is this a real business owner? Is this someone- 100%, it's kind of like a teacher, right? Yeah. It's kind of like a teacher. You just get to choose who wants, who's going to teach you. Because at yeah. the end of the day, right, you can, go to, you can still go to an Ivy League school and if the teacher just hates, its, like, hates their job and says, you know what, fuck it, this semester I'm not, I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna do it, then you're kind of stuck with it. Yeah, now, yeah so I, I, that, that makes a lot of sense, bro. Yeah. And I would say like, on my opinion, because I don't think a lot of people know really, because like there's not that many companies out there doing that, Yeah. right, what you're doing. Like you're in a position where A, the market blew up, you were, blew up, second of all, you guys crush it. Like it's not yeah. just like we're boys and stuff like that, like, you know, you guys do great work. You guys have worked with some of the biggest names. Now, how did you really come to foresee like this opportunity back in the day? Because it's been a, it's still been a couple yeah. of years, right? It's only really now, I would say in the last, let's say two years since COVID that this has been uh, kind of exploding, yeah, right? For sure. Well, I think because people realize how fragile jobs are, right? You know, traditional education grants you access to a job if you have the right skill set, you pass the interview process and whatnot. But I, I think a lot of people are starting to realize that they either have to become highly skilled or be able to own their own business in order to make the income that they want to make. So that's why the space is blown up. Now, how did I get into it? I mean, it's hard to say. Well, because start, was... from, start from the beginning. Yeah. Though, like even before. Oh, Just so... like if you're if, if like somebody is listening to this and they're like a beginner, let's say, yeah. and they're starting out and they're maybe... I don't know. They could be young or old, but 16, maybe they have nothing. Yeah. Start from like that point of your life. Yeah. I would say, you know, starting out, I think, I think it depends how far you guys want to go back. Cause we could go <laughs> as far back as, you know, the, the go far, go pretty far. You got all the time in the world. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, okay. So starting out, you know, definitely, definitely went through the traditional school system. Was... Actually, you know what? I know a good place to start. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Start when like just before you because we've known each other for a long time, by the way, if you guys don't know, yeah. I've known Ambro for a long time. We've all known each other for a super long time. Long time. Neighbors. Most people say that. We've known each other since we were children. I've known yeah. Ambro since probably since five, kindergarten four, or earlier. Five years old. Yeah. And I've known Nick grade since six. grade six. Yeah. 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 And uh, But start when, because I remember something specifically when you told us that you weren't, that you were dropping out of seizure. Mm. And that was like, for me, I even told you like, I don't know if I if you should drop out, but like in hindsight, I 
I left school in uh, first year of university, so I didn't leave. I met, left like two years after Ambro left. But at the time when he, when when Ambro told me that, I was shocked when you told me yeah. that, and I was so taken aback. I remember specifically, it's like ingrained in my brain because it was such like a impactful moment. I was like shocked. It was in <laughs> Dylan's room. It was yeah. in Dylan Gover's like room, and yeah, you were like, "I'm so. not gonna go to school." And I was like, "Wow, that's." I was like, "I support you." I don't know if it's the right decision, but I support you. Yeah. And in hindsight, it was amazing. So maybe start like a bit before that decision. Okay. Certainly. So for context, I was studying building systems engineering in college, so was going to become an architect. That was like my main driving purpose. As I started to, you know, get into building systems engineering, I was in my I believe second semester in that program on my way to to get my degree there so I could then go and study at McGill utilizing the credentials that I, I got. But in the process, you know, I always knew at the back of my mind I wanted to own a business. And I, I, I think that's a difficult decision for a lot of people to make because it's propagated all across social media, mm -hmm. all across, you know, all of these high level influencers is that you should own a business. I don't think most people should own a business. I agree I think, with that. I agree with I you think that. most people should definitely not fucking own a business. And the, <laughs> and the primary reason behind it is, listen, it's not glamorous. It is, sure, you see, you see the nice things on the outside, but you don't see the buildup to what, you know, caused that business to have the success that it has. You don't see the sleepless nights. You don't see the hard work. You don't see all of the things. Have you guys ever seen that, you know, uh, I guess you could call it a meme where it has like the iceberg. Yeah. And you see like yeah, success yeah, and it's like, yeah. it, it, it's like that little piece of the iceberg and then you have everything below it. I think that that summarizes it clearly. So to make this point clear, I don't think anyone, well, I don't think not anyone, but most people should not own a fucking business. It's too difficult and most of you are going to fail. And that's why most businesses fail. The thing is, is I might have an illness. I might have an illness for wanting to constantly suffer and constantly go through stress, anxiety, you know, just sheer chaos around well, I think me. you have a higher risk tolerance. Yes. And, and that's part yeah, of it yeah, as well. Yeah. Is, is also I rather, I rather have it all or I rather have nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. agree with I, that. I, I think that was ingrained in me from a very early age. But I, I always knew I wanted to own a business just because I fucking hate people telling me what to do. Yeah. I and that's strictly coming from ego. I hate fucking people telling me what to do. So when that would happen, I would just lose my shit. And it's not that I can't, you know, entertain authority because you know I'm law-abiding citizen. I do yeah. my do my stops at, at traffic lights like everyone else. But I think I hate you know a, another man controlling my life. I think that's that's what really made me propel myself to engage on on the journey of being a business owner but the initial thing that prompted me is i saw how fragile life is when my mom went through cancer yeah and i was like listen this woman has worked so hard her entire life to take care of her family do all these things i'm gonna make sure i fucking take care of this woman 100%. i'm gonna make sure i fucking take care of this woman and not only that but life is so short and fragile I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go balls deeper. I'm not gonna go at all. You think I'm gonna go balls deeper. I'm not gonna go at all. Was that kind of like the the flipping point that you're like, I think okay, so. like now. Yeah. So now how did, how did that line up from you leaving school? Well, I, uh, well, I think the thing that initially prompted it is like, listen, I, I was I was in a position where I was a young man, hadn't obtained success. 
I thought I was on the right path. And I was like, I want to make millions of dollars a year so I could take care of my family, so I could be someone who's quote unquote successful, live a life of abundance, live a life of, of endless experiences. And in order to play that game, you need access to capital. Yeah. That is your token. That's your token to get on the ride. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. so 100%. When, when I came to that realization, and mind you guys, this was through a lot of the use of cannabis, which I do not condone, by the way. Actually, uh, maybe a bit of mushrooms. but uh, A little bit of mushrooms as well, <laughs> but which I do not condone. And I honestly, I don't do drugs whatsoever anymore. But I think it, it had a time and a place back in my younger days. But I think when I came to that realization, I searched up how much architects make a year. And, and I came to the very sad conclusion that on the higher end of the spectrum, they make between one hundred thirty to one hundred sixty thousand dollars a year, and that's like if you're top. And that's if you're top tier. Yeah, the median salary is like eighty k. So, you know, to be in that environment, to go through all of that sacrifice, that the the endless years of education, only to come out of it with fucking one hundred thirty thousand dollars a year, and mind you guys, just for context, my dad was making, you know more than that and i still saw him struggling to pay the bills at times yeah so to say wow i'm gonna come out of this with one hundred thirty thousand dollars a year less than what my father's earning and he's still struggling financially because when you have a wife when you have kids and you live in a place that's not a complete shithole Living expenses are expensive, guys. Of Especially here in Quebec, Canada, where you're taxed fucking fifty-two percent. Yep. <laughs> where, so you're not even making a hundred. Where you take you take your money and you cut it nicely in half and just pass the other half in to the half, government, and then you get taxed fifteen percent in GST QSD sales Correct. tax at the, when everything you purchase. And now you're forgetting the luxury tax. Yeah. The luxury tax. Oh, by I get, the way. that's a new tax. That that's a new welcome tax. tax. The new tax. I believe welcome tax. Yeah, but property tax and stuff is a different. What is story. it? Ten or twenty percent after a hundred k on any recreational yeah. vehicles or luxury items. Yeah, like I have to pay. I think next year, like a hundred bucks extra. Yeah, you lose. You lose like. 70% probably of your of your money after yeah. spending on all the goods and services that you're buying within the, within the city 100% yeah and it's listen, crazy like, I think yeah taxes are a necessity for civilization to move forward we all need to contribute in order right. to maintain the roads everyone's like yeah yeah avoid taxes uh, don't don't pay taxes let's go somewhere with less taxes you go somewhere with less taxes and we were discussing this before we started the podcast like Miami Miami's a fucking shithole no, but bro, Texas has less tax and it's fucking beautiful. Correct. But if we're looking on like a, a, a larger data pool and we look at like Puerto Rico and, you know, places that don't have access to oil. So you're missing that key component. But you oil. know what I'll say, though, is that like I agree with you to a certain extent. The only thing I'll say is that I think that economies could run efficiently without taxing you 50 percent. I, I personally don't want public health care. Me personally, as somebody who has money, I don't want public health care. But that's, I would but that's also from money. I know, yeah, but I'm just saying. That's coming from someone who has money. Yeah, so the, that's why I said that. That's why I said that. I completely agree. Just to say, though, that I I don't see the upside in spending 50% of my money when I could spend like maybe five, maybe like, let's say I was even making 100K. I could get private insurance for like $2,000 a year. Yes, yeah, to support What's the that? people 2% that don't, of my uh, aren't making 100k. 
That's I know, what the but let's say you're paying 50k. I understand. I'm just but... saying personally, private insurance is much cheaper than what we pay in taxes yeah, for for correct. for public. But, and I just find that that's a bit insane. I just kind of want to go back though, because we drift off yeah, a yeah. little bit. So just going back to okay, so you know, 130k. You kind of were thinking this is not what I want to do. You know, walk us through a little bit more after that. You know, like yeah. So when I came to that realization, I was like, listen, I'm not going to be able to buy fuck all with this amount of money. So I need to make a, I need to make a shift quickly and precisely in order to really make sure that I don't end up in that position. So that was kind of the breaking point or the tipping point rather that I decided, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm dropping out of school. And I remember distinctly telling you guys that I was dropping out of school and I just saw a ghost white face looking at me. We were like, he's done. He's but fucking if, but done. But if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, when you told me, I, I had that shock. But like 90% of my soul felt like, oh, I'm like embarrassed that he made this decision before me, to be honest. Like really? that's how, like, so like maybe at the moment I thought like, oh, this is not a good decision and he's being risky. But like my fucking soul thought He's making a fucking good decision. Like, I just knew intuitively, like, he's learning. He's learning. He's committed to learning a skill to make a lot of money. He's just deciding yeah. that, that that school wasn't teaching him the skill to make a lot of money. Correct. And correct me if I'm wrong. but No, that, that's 100% correct. Yeah. I think till I found the right vehicle, though. Because you were painting, was, though, yeah, right? When you some, dropped there, out, there, you had started painting. Scary <laughs> so, so I was there like, was when he dropped moments. out, I'll be honest, when he dropped out, I was like... Oh yeah, fuck! Yeah, for this con- guy, this guy smoking weed and baking <laughs> all day. For context, for context, I said to the listeners, at the time I was maybe 18, 19 years old, smoking weed, painting in my mom's basement. <laughs> it was not a good look whatsoever. Not a, not a good look in the slightest. But listen, we we made it work, and I think to to all the listeners out there, I think you have to understand that there's a combination of things that have garnered my success. And I don't think it's solely that I'm a risk taker. I think there was luck involved, of course. Definitely some element of luck. Stumbling on the right opportunity. But also being able to identify the right opportunities. Followed with a tremendous amount of action. And you could almost call it risk. Followed with or coupled with sheer hard work. Fucking and I, absolutely. I, I think those three elements there. If you have the right vehicle, you have enough balls to actually take the risk that's necessary and you're willing to educate and work hard, you're, you're going to become successful. Yeah. yeah that's Listen, there's, there's two people that I know, like, you two are, like, always, like, you're, you're a hardworking man, bro. Like, very I don't hard. Work even, that hard. Even, even, well, you still work pretty hard. I don't work that hard. Listen, you, I, I think in the initial well, phases. Well, maybe you used to work. Maybe in the initial to, phases, like, I would work morning day and night for years and years on end and and although i think i don't work hard daniel my brother for for those listeners to give you some context he's uh an equity owner in the business we had a conversation i think like two or three days ago he's like you have not taken a legitimate vacation like more than 24 hours of being unresponsive to the company in four and a half fucking years. Yeah. More than a thousand days. But you know what I think that is? I think you have good balance. 
Yeah. I think that like it's sustainable, the approach that you're taking. It'd be like you need vacations if you're working like 13 hour days and not sleeping. And then, of course, you need a couple weeks off. Yeah. But because you're so, I guess, I don't know how many hours you work or anything, but from what it sounds like, it seems like you're more, you, you sustain the work ethic that you have across the board. Yeah. That you don't need these like large periods of time off, which yeah. is probably better in the long run. I, I would agree with that. I think, listen, the way I like to organize my day is I wake up, grab a coffee, go to fucking work have my meetings, make my decisions I need to make, work on the activities that are going to push the business forward. And I think a lot of people like to get caught up, especially when they're starting a business. Let me go buy business cards and have a logo T-shirts, T-shirts, maybe go get an office. I got to go get fucking verified with the government. I have to go, you know, (laughs) set up an accountant. All before they've seen a fucking dollar roll into their business. Like you have to, you have to see the viability to the business that you want to launch, exchange dollars, and then get everything you know the foundation behind your business set up. And I think there's there's a ton of people that express these ideas way better than I ever could. By the way, like I, I believe I got that point off Andrew Tate or Alex Hermosi or one of them that clearly sure. and concisely demonstrates that you need to establish capital in your business before you do anything. The, the two things that you really need are a bank account and a payment processor. That's all you need. Can you process money? Perfect. Then you could establish yourself. You might get hit with taxes in the beginning phases a little bit harder than you otherwise would be, but at least you didn't pour hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars into a business model. That's Before potentially you know not viable. fucking yeah, works. It's not viable. Like, Trust when me, you started honestly, your business, I wish Michael. I knew that yeah. beforehand. Well, well, that is such a good... Our, yeah, when yeah. we started our business, like that was the thing to do because... What was the business? A lot of people don't know what you guys did, right? True. So, so we did landscaping so initially. We had a landscaping company with the aim of pooling that capital to start an application for services services. it was called luxo it's a good application and and it's for sure going to be a thing in the future yeah 100 percent. but i think it was it was way too early for the time and i also think that you have to stay in your realm of competency so this is something to the listeners and if you're a young entrepreneur and you're wondering like how should i think of starting a business or is owning a business even the right thing for me you have to ask yourself first like what am i capable of what have i always been good at what what can i potentially get the knowledge or acquire that knowledge in order to be effective in the marketplace? Like, can I provide value to other companies? If I could provide value to other companies, well, then I could go work for a company and find a problem within that company. In our case, we wanted to be fucking Steve Jobs of the application world. <laughs> Steve Jobs of the fucking grass. Yeah, we wanted to be Mark Zuckerberg, the, the, oh, lawn, the lawn care specialist. <laughs> And, and it bit us in the ass. And we ended up spending a lot of time, a lot of money to very, like, actually, I think I, I ended up in like two Gs of credit card debt at, at the end of it. So, but I, I would say that the lessons learned were invaluable. And I think I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for the lessons that we learned yeah, during yeah, that period yeah. of time. And I think even through all the knowledge that we learned, and I remember while I was cutting those sweet lawns and I'm just mowing that grass, I would have... Actually, the Y Combinator, like talks, in my in, in, what like, is in my headphones. So Y Combinator is basically like a business incubator 
in I believe Silicon Valley. So okay. at the time, and I haven't listened to them in years, but if if my memory is serving me correctly, they basically take startups and scale them into actual businesses and make sure that their business idea is viable and they give talks and they're uh, a bunch of like highly successful entrepreneurs that have had multiple startups and so on and so forth. But I remember learning some of the principles in there and it just being so incredibly impactful to where I'm at today. And I wish I could remember them. Yeah, I was going to say, I was gonna say do you remember <laughs> anything that you could share? Yeah, I, I, I knew how to, uh, to cover my tracks on that one. I have no fucking idea what they taught me, but I know that it served me well. And I know that all of the knowledge that I accumulated over those years formed me into the man I am today. Right. And it's easy for people to look at me now and say, well, you know, he just fucking got into this get rich yeah, quick he got scheme lucky. or he got lucky or another one that I, I love to hear, especially from our hometown folks is, oh, he's scamming people and he's doing bad business. And please, for the listeners out there, if you're from the West Island of Montreal, if you could come and show me one smidge, one fucking tiny increment <laughs> of evidence to showcase that I have ever even done Anything wrong in business, I will award you a hundred thousand US dollars. If you could show me even a fucking smidge, I'd love for you to show me that. Now you're not I, a scammer though. That, 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 they just well, don't I, understand. Well, I think I, it's but I, I also I think it's agree. Incompetence no, but I also degree. agree. I understand like the frustration from your perspective, yeah. but I also agree from their perspective. It's like to if I if I don't know anything about that that like your business which 99 yeah. percent of people don't understand and they all just think in general courses are a scam yeah and then they're like okay this guy's making money selling those courses he must be a scammer i understand from their perspective but it's like it's a hundred percent not a scam and, and to be honest those courses it wasn't you that sold me courses obviously because it's a thing even before your business started yeah but the courses that I purchased, even the ones that I didn't make money off of, have like changed my life forever. Right. And I went to University of Toronto. Apparently, the number it is currently the number one school in Canada, best school and everything. Nothing taught me more than that than those courses that I purchased. So yeah. it's like it's not even a question. And it's not saying that school system is bad. It's just to say that when you're learning from somebody that has a proven track record in that industry, and then your business is helping those people sell their courses, it's not a scam. It's the best education no. you could get, in it, my it's opinion. It's just more the courses, though, right? It's not actual courses. The courses are fucking amazing. Like, I've taken a yeah. lot. It's more the teacher, right? Let's just say, nowadays, it's hard to, like, you know, someone makes a $10,000 a month. They started how to scale your business to fucking seven figures. So it's like, who do you really take yeah, legit that's a good point. or not? That's... It's not like, I don't think people have the, like, it's like, oh, okay, this person's doing this. Now it's like, now it's not even like, I think we're past the point of like, courses are scams. Now it's like, oh, this person's just doing a course to get fucking rich. Like, but he's you know actually getting funny? rich off the course. Yeah. But that's true for some of them, but not for the clients. Like, the clients that you work with, man, they're heavy rollers. Like, there's some big dogs, some big names. Like, just to even be, like, we've paid a lot of money to go see these guys in conferences, you know what I mean? And to yeah. the fact that you work with them, dude, yeah, come a long way from that. Well, I, I think, I think the reason why people can't necessarily fathom that, especially someone that, you know, right. We've all had, you know, that friend or family member or so on and so forth, go on to be successful, or maybe you haven't. 
and just seeing that 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 person was originally where you were i think that brings a lot of fear and anxiety oh for sure into some people because i think it puts into perspective that they haven't done the things necessary they haven't put in the work they haven't taken the risk they haven't found the right opportunity and they're kind of just you know going with the flow as yeah, they yeah, say yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and they're wondering why they're not progressing in life and it's because when you do what the status quo entails for you, like go to university, go to college, go get a through, degree, go yeah. get an internship, get a degree, go on to work at a, as as like you know this huge con- conglomerate of of individuals that don't care about you. You're just a number, and then they wonder why they're stuck making sixty thousand dollars a year, and then they 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 take those same practices that got them into that position and then they apply that to the workspace mm-hmm. and then they're like well why am i not progressing why am i not getting that promotion it's because you're worth nothing you're worth nothing to that company and it could be easily replaced by a highly skilled worker well do you think that they're worth nothing or it's just the problems that they're solving is worth their pay well, I, I think i think elon that they're musk easily has, replaceable yes I think that elon musk a has a great piece on this says you are paid in direct proportion to the level of problems that you solve. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. If sure. you are flipping patties at McDonald's, you are highly replaceable. Yep. You're easily replaceable. And the same <laughs> principle goes to someone who's inputting numbers into a computer, especially with the evolution of AI. That's You guys are going to be more or less done in the next couple of years. So going towards highly skilled professionals and becoming a highly skilled professional for yourself is what's really going to make you stand out in the workplace. And even potentially, you know, if you want to own your own business, if you think you have the guts and the grit and, you know, I would say the characteristics of a business owner, by all means, go and chase that head on. Right. You know, I think it was, it was people that were in the position that we're in currently that drove me to, as a young lad, to pursue this field of business. So I don't want to... Right persuade anyone not to do it i think most people should not be business owners i think you'd be far better off getting really good at sales or marketing and going and deliver that to you know the workplace and why sales why did you you know there's a million businesses that you could start why a why a high ticket sales agency i i just i hate that word you hate that word and and I'll, i'll tell you why because when i originally got into the business didn't make any fucking sense to me okay and why didn't that make I, sense I, I remember when I, originally i heard the first high ticket sales i think it was dan lock no was, someone, was someone that like that yeah i i remember asking myself like what am i selling am i selling like tickets in the bleachers like <laughs> well what am i selling here like high tickets like i had no idea what the hell that was so i think a far better term that we've kind of coined at stratton is is remote closing remote closing it's it's being a um a closer, not just a salesperson, but a closer. And I think the reason I got into this field is because I think I had the ability to negotiate. I was well-spoken. I was intelligent. I had the ability to persuade people into products that actually were going to help them. And I think that was like the distinguishing factor. And I wanted to take that skill set into financial advising, but I knew that even there, I would be capped at a certain level of income. So when I dropped out, me and Michael's business had pretty much failed at that point. I was still doing like the art stuff on the side and I was doing art galleries, but I truly hated that. And regardless of the amount of money that I made there, which wasn't a lot, but at the time it was a good, it was a good sum of capital. 
regardless of how much I made there, I absolutely hated what I was doing. So I know like people say like, you know, follow your passion or whatever it is, or don't follow your passion. Well, that was certainly not my fucking passion. And I absolutely hated it. And I hated every second of it. Of what? Of painting? Of painting, of dealing with artists. <laughs> the, the most, the most, the, the worst people. And I apologize if you're an artist. You almost fought every fucking artist you ever Oh my oh, God. It was Those art galleries. <laughs> yeah. I think I almost got in a fight at every single art gallery just because of how pretentious most artists are. And listen, I have a big ego, so it might be my own fault, but... <laughs> I, I think like dealing with them on a consistent basis just made me a nasty person. And I, I'm glad those days are over. But I think evolving from that and realizing, hey, I have a unique skill set. I just need to find a way to apply this. And it initially came in, you know, me wanting to pursue becoming a financial advisor. I was going to get my my license at the time. I was going through the CSC and the CPH. For those of you who don't know, that's like the certificates of like, financial accountarism, whatever Probably it is. Probably for Quebec only. Yeah, for Quebec for, or Canada. Um, and I was so broke and I was probably 20 to 21 at the time. And I was like, man, like everyone was right. I was like, everyone is right. I'm going to go on to make this $100,000 a year salary or 200K a year salary. And I didn't really accomplish anything with all the risks that I've taken. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well... In the meantime, I have to find something to bring in a little bit of income because, you know, at the time, I'm pretty sure you guys were paying for everything for it. I mean, whenever we would go out. And I don't think anyone had money. To, I, be to be quite honest, we were all like <laughs> I don't think we were anyone. scraping <laughs> together 10 cents. We were like subways, like yeah. living off subways. It was tough. It wasn't that tough. We're, no, it wasn't that tough. We, we live a pretty, yeah. a, a pretty cushiony life. Uh, for those of you who don't know we grew up in the suburbs we were, our parents were <laughs> our parents were just fine yeah, like we were never middle class yeah we were never we were never hungry yeah. but we did have a lot of ambition growing up and i think a lot of why we're so successful today is because of our friend group that constantly pushed each other and it was almost like a i hate to say this but like a pack of lions that it's just true. like you know get the 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 weak gazelles out and yeah, i think 100%. we've seen that in the evolution of our friend group and it's dwindled over the years. You know, it certainly has. Yeah, you know, we've lost a couple. A couple we've lost folks. a couple. Yeah, but one thing I'll we, say: we have some fallen heroes oh, for yeah, sure. For sure. But one thing I'll say for people is that, like, let's say you're listening to this, and you're thinking that Ambrose scamming or lying, or I'm scamming or lying, or we don't make money or whatever. Convince yourself that we are, and 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 ask yourself how you can make more money or as much money as you think we're making or in general, how you could make more money. That's what you should be doing. Yeah. And that's what I find is like the problem with people is like they they listen to this or they hear success. And, and listen, I'm at fault for this too. I hear people more successful. And my first reaction is like, fuck that person. And then I'm like, I love that person. I hope he does great. I, like I yeah. really want other people to succeed. Obviously, I'm competitive. And obviously, if I hear somebody is making more money or being more successful or doing more work than me at my age, I think to myself, well, then I'm doing less, right? Mm-hmm. I'm doing less than that mm-hmm. person. It's, it's well, just immediate. Put it, yeah, exactly. It's like people just like to put like, it's not possible because they want to comfort themselves yeah. to be like, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. So he must be yeah, doing something Yeah, he must be scamming. He illegal. must be lying. Yeah. He must be this. And I think that change it and convince yourself that they're 100% legal. And if they are illegal, trust me, you will be better off having convinced yourself that they were legal. You will probably make more money than them 
and then you'll find out that they were illegal and you'll be so happy because you'll be making more money. That's the crazy what, thing what I, I find about it. What I think is so it. crazy about this conversation in general is that this is even a topic of conversation. The right. way that we are programmed as human beings, it's so unfortunate because you look at someone who's successful. As humans, how we learn is through emulation. You know, we see people walking, we see people brushing their teeth, we learn these things as yeah, we evolve yeah, and grow yeah. up. And yet, when it comes to success, it's not something that most people emulate. They don't emulate the successful actions. And it might be a two-part combination. It might be they don't see the work and sacrifice that's involved in it. Or it might be that they just lack the insight, the self, the self-understanding that it's, it's within the capability of everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think you just have to be able to really believe in yourself and, and be able to visualize that success for yourself. Because long before I ever had what I had, before I had a 40-person company, before we were doing, you know, $57 million in sales last year for all mm-hmm. of our clients, I envisioned every single second of this. I envisioned the success. And of course, our egos will get the better of us. But you have to think to yourself, am I, am I doing myself a disservice by believing the beliefs that I truly believe? Am I putting myself at a disadvantage in the marketplace to be able to provide for my family, to be able to help others? Because of course, when you see a guy pull up in a Lamborghini or has a beautiful house or a lot of these things, immediately your mind assumes that they are doing something negative. So you don't even associate wealth with education and business and you know, building, building jobs and all of these yeah. things. And, and to add to that, I would say the main reason why most people do that is because at the end of the day, it's, you know, someone who has money comes down to status. So it's like, shit, you feel a bit intimidated, right? Like at the end of the day, mm, we're here to reproduce. That's a good call. So it's like, you kind of want to, like, I'm looking at someone like, damn, that guy's doing so well. Like he can get any woman that he likes. So it's like, oh, he's got to be doing something illegal because I'm telling myself, like, if we go out, and like he pulls up in a Lamborghini. I'm in like no disrespect to anyone driving. Yeah, no disrespect to anyone driving that. My bad, Adam. We just threw it under the bus. I'm just <laughs> <joking. Yeah. laughs> it's okay. My, no, I'm just I had a Honda Civic. But you know what I mean? Like realistically, everyone's gonna go towards him. Not just like like the energy of like the woman. Guys too are gonna be like, oh yo, what's going on? So I think that's why a lot of times people discredit. It's because it's like this is competition now. It's no longer. What did he do? So it's like, we kind of like, but I think, I think it's even deeper than that though. I think it's that if you look at yourself and you compare yourself by age or by whatever you want, let's say by age is probably the most common thing. You're like, okay, that person's that age. I'm this age. Where am I? Yeah. yeah, That's like the middle ground. You feel comfortable. Like, ah, it's gotta be like 35. Yeah. (laughs) So if you compare yourself by age and you're like, well, I'm way behind where this guy is. Well then you're, you're faced with two, two decisions. You're faced with two scenarios. One scenario is, this person is 100% better than me. They've worked way harder than me and they've achieved way more than me because they deserve it. And then the other scenario is this person is a cheater. He's a liar. He doesn't deserve what he gets and he's going to get arrested soon. Yeah. One of the options is you need to improve 10 times where you're at today. And the other kind of frame of mind is 
well, I don't need to do anything different. This guy is just cheating and lying and stealing. And that's why he's where he's at. And I'm, I'm on the same path that I'm supposed to be on. And I think that's like the biggest difference of perspective yeah. that people have. You know what I mean? Well, a Alex Hermosi has a great piece on this. And he basically says that to, to Nick's point earlier, when you look at two people, someone you've grown up with, someone in your city, someone that you know, that you're basically at that same status hierarchy. You guys went to the same college, university, high school, whatever it be. You guys are on the same plane. And then when you evolve and you see that person excel and they go on to start a, a great business, in, your, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, how can that person be that much smarter than me? Mm -hmm. There has to be something that they're doing wrong in order to achieve that level of success. And even, and you, you, you want to know what really solidified it for me? That no matter how much good you do in the world, no matter how much success, no matter how much good business you do, there will always be someone talking shit. When I was working with Tom Bilyeu, Tom Bilyeu is the founder of Quest. We were selling his decision-making workshop for about a year. Made that man a decent amount of money. Nowhere near you know, the, the hundreds of millions of dollars that he's And worth. by but Quest, maybe some people don't know. So Quest Nutrition was the, uh, the protein bars. Yeah, yeah. They exited that company for over a billion. Yeah. So he was one of my clients. And I remember seeing his ads pop up. So I, you know, I, I check in on my clients' ads and see because we're, we're, we want to check out the front end to see what's happening so we could better communicate the product and so on and so forth on the sales calls. But this man has done nothing but great business is an outstanding person, gives so much value away for free, has has formulated the Impact Theory podcast, brings on the most brilliant minds yeah, to come free. speak. Just a phenomenal dude. And even having, you know, the exchanges that I did with him, he was amazing. Like just super genuine, super real, super to the point, like just a great dude overall. I remember seeing hundreds of comments on his ads. Scammer, Faker, all of these things. And it's just people lack the insight, the knowledge, the understanding of how someone could be so much more successful than them. And their immediate fear response is to cast doubt on that person, to cast shame on that person, to make themselves feel better. For sure. And I think if you're a listener and you're and you're thinking, hey, maybe you grew up with us, or maybe you know us through the grapevine, if you're thinking to yourself, Oh, you know, why should I listen to these guys? Don't take anything we say at face value. Just assume that we're, we're the most negative things. But, but, but think to yourself, is this belief serving me? Yeah. Is this belief point. serving me? And I think what I've had to really, in my, in my time, is, is take count of my own beliefs. <laughs> take count of my own beliefs. What beliefs serve me and what beliefs don't serve me? Yeah, and for the listeners, you know, what are some ways that you can kind of give them that first step? Because I know for myself, sometimes I'm like, where do I start? You know, where do I, you know, like when you want, like take count, what are some things that, you know, obviously it was, there's not just one thing, but that you could give some piece of advice that they could maybe change the way that they think at the moment to kind of like reprogram their limiting beliefs. Like what would be some things that you would Given yourself, like if you went back, let's say five, 10 years and just be like, you know what, this, this would give me a good kickstart to kind of speed things up a little bit. I think one of the easiest ways to learn a lot about yourself 
and to develop some sort of, you could almost say self-discipline is through, is through building your body. It's through working out. It's through doing really tough things, through jogging, through physical exercise, through a martial arts. And that's where I learned a lot of the principles that I would say I carry through my life. And if you want to start somewhere and build mental resilience so you could be impactful to the marketplace, go to the fucking gym. Go, go to a boxing gym. Go, go take a jog. If you can't even get through a jog, you're probably not going to get through a business. Come on, mm-hmm. let's be real. Mm-hmm. And listen, I'm not the fitting image of perfect health and, and well-being. Like, obviously, you know, you have to choose what you pay attention to. And I'm not excusing that you should ever let yourself get out of shape. But going into business, guys, I was fucking 200 pounds, lean, mean fighting machine. And that body and mind was built in tandem in order to set me up to build my business. Yep. And once I reached a certain level of success, I was like, hey, I have a girlfriend. Yep. I got a couple of M's in the bank. You know, I could fuck off for a little bit. Yeah, in bro. which case, I put on a little bit of a bidet. We, dude, <laughs> but, we, used to walk, we used to run like 10K a morning. Precisely. 5 a.m. Yeah, 5 a.m. Remember when we were first starting the businesses? Yeah. We would go hit those... 10 kilometer runs every day every day at 5 a.m for me it was that or the demons were going to eat me inside it was just like that was like my i gotta i gotta let it out while while listening to david goggins yes sir and we were just screamed taking souls yeah Take- taking them souls baby but you know what i would summarize what you guys are saying is i would summarize it as you need to convince yourself of anything that will help you become more successful that's yeah. what you need to do. It's the beliefs. And I remember, it's the beliefs. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I could convince myself of anything. I could convince myself that if I work this many hours, I'll become this successful. I could also convince myself that if I don't work, it's because everybody else is a scammer. I could also convince myself of if I do this and that, that I will have a fulfilled life. I'll be happy. You could convince yourself of anything. And I think that... To what Amber was saying and what Nick is saying is that you could, if you convince yourself something that helps you become better and doesn't hurt other people, you're going to be better off 100%. Fuck so yeah. convince yourself that you're the reason why you haven't had the success that you want. That's, that's what you need to convince yourself of because then who has the power to change that? You. And yeah. only you have you. the power. And that, that, that was a huge realization for me. Yeah. I realized that after all the courses I was taking and after all the things I was doing, some courses were good, some courses were not, some courses made me money, some courses didn't. Some people did more than me, some people did less than me. And I realized, what could I convince myself of? And the only thing I came to the conclusion of is that I could convince myself that I'm not doing enough that I could be doing more, that I could be making more money, that I'm not smart enough, that I'm not good enough. And I wasn't using that to put myself down. I was using that to be like, what more could I do? To ask myself, what more could I do to be better? Yeah. And that changed my life. And I think that that's the only positive thing you could do to yourself is tell yourself, convince yourself that you're the problem. As weird as that is, as weird as that is to, to listen to, is like, that was the only thing that helped me is like, at every moment I listened to myself and been like, what more could I do? That person got mad at me. That person pissed me off. That person called me a fucking idiot. What could I have done differently to help that situation? That's yeah. the only thing you have control so, over. So would you feel like it's sort of like a, a sense of just taking responsibility? 
A hundred percent. Not just being a take, victim. That's what you got to do. That's what I, exactly. You can't be a victim. I know so many people, close people, used to be close people, victim fucking mentalities. Yeah. Well, oh, uh, like they always say like, oh, well, you have, uh, you have this in your business because, oh, your dad, your dad. What? Like, bro, yeah. like, relax. Like, you know what I mean? We, 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 we're in the same family here. Like, cool it a little bit. You know what I mean? And, like, they just victim mentality. It's got to be, it's the government's fault. It's the government's fault. Sounds it's like not... Nick is throwing some shots at family members. They know who they are, bro. They know who they are. They know who they are. They Nick has a vendetta are. with his family members. <laughs> bro, but, like, it's just, like, I'm tired. That's why we don't speak anymore. It's just, I'm tired. I'm tired. And that's one of the things is like if people have victim mentalities, there's so much. As you know today, when I had called you, you know, you're like, fuck, bro, I have to deal with this right now. You were, ha you were having a situation. It's like you already have so many of those situations in your day to day. Then there's like personal or whatever the case may be, you know. The last thing I want is to, you know, someone that you love care and care deeply for and people that you care deeply for. They're like, oh, man, you <laughs> it can't be like, dude, like you don't understand. Like it's just negative, 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 negative. Yeah. I don't need those anchors in my life. If you're going to anchor me down and I feel like shit every time, dude, I don't want that. You know what I mean? I take responsibility. If I fuck up and I think every single one of us here takes responsibility, we're not going to say like, oh, well, it's not really my fault. Like, you know what I mean? Like we take responsibility and we don't play victim mentality. There's yeah. there's no benefit to it. If, yeah. And if, if you could leave a pod, this podcast or anything in life with one thing to learn from or one thing to take away from that would change your life, I would say take absolute responsibility. And I'll give you an example that you're going to be like, there's no way I could understand that. But I hope you try to see what I'm trying to say here. If I got hit by a bus, okay? If oh, I got hit deep. by a bus, we're going deep. Okay. If I got okay, hit by a bus, I was at my bus stop. If I was at a bus stop and I got hit by a bus, the only beneficial way of thinking that would help, that would propel me forward in my life would be to, to think to myself, why did I get hit by a bus? Why was it my fault that I got hit by this bus? It doesn't matter if I was on the sidewalk. It doesn't. Maybe there was a fucking idiot driving yeah, the bus. Yeah, driving, exactly, driving the bus. Like, Come on, that's, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make. And I'm happy you guys are using the other perspective, yeah. that you guys are seeing the other perspective. But let's say I say, and I say, that fucking idiot hit me. And now I'm in this situation. I'm in the hospital and I'm this and that. What benefit does that serve me? Instead of being like, well, well, why are you did dead I get or are you still alive? Well, I, I, well, I, think, still alive, I think this obviously. is an extreme example. Yeah. It's a think, fully extreme example think, to listen. say that if you could convince yourself even in that scenario, imagine how easy it is to convince yourself that you could do, be doing something more in any other scenario. I, I think to make it a little bit more tangible to the people listening is, listen, if you're out of shape, that's 100% your fault. There is nobody to blame for you being out of but shape. But isn't everything in the world that it happens is, to it you could, your fault? But I think, no. I think it's hard, it's hard to relate. I think, I think it's you hard have to, to convince yourself that it is your fault. No, because if you That's get... That's what I think. I, well, listen, I think your health is, is your responsibility, It right? is, but in a sense, if so, you fall sick, like let's say well, with if a you're rare doing disease... Well, yeah. if you're no, doing no, let's just say the average person... Single, no, let's say the average person like for years, if you're drinking... Your, you're, but if, it's your, if you fall sick and you're like, well, I didn't take any vitamins. Well, I never listened to podcasts about people being telling me about health. Well, I never well, read books. I'm talking about a younger kid. Let's just say... What I'm saying is that younger kid. Well, like what what beneficial outcome 
outcome is it going to be if he just says, well, I got sick because it was luck. Well, maybe I didn't, maybe I'm 10 years old and my parents always fed me hot dogs. And so I thought that was good. But take responsibility for that because you're not going to change your parents. Yes, and that's that's we're going to disagree on this. I'm going to I'm going to disagree on this. I'm going to have to disagree because but, listen, yeah, I, I just, think there's a certain element of responsibility that we must take. And I think I think to a certain degree a lot of things are within our res- our realm of responsibility that we need to take 100% accountability for. When it comes to our education and that pools out into many different fields, when it comes to our health, our financial capabilities, the, the way that we express love with our loved ones, the way we build relationships, the way we communicate, those things all entail the knowledge that we bring to them in order to amplify them. Those things, yes, you have to take 100% accountability for your education, your well-being, the, the relationships that you form, the things you choose to put focus towards. But... Where I think there's a little bit of disconnect, which I I see your point. I I don't necessarily disagree because I think you're taking it to the extreme to showcase to to the people watching that, listen, I think if you have the self-discipline, the the moral compass to say, hey, no matter what happens to me in my lifetime, I take responsibility. Yeah, exactly. I clean up whatever mess is in front of me. Sometimes you can't control your partner cheating on you. Correct. You can't control yeah, exactly. a loved one dying, but you could take responsibility for the actions that you execute after that traumatic experience has happened. You could clean up the pieces. Exactly. And I think that's what Michael was trying yeah. to convey. And I, but I will even I go even, I go, I will go one step further that I think that let's say somebody cheats on you or somebody hurts you or somebody hits you with a vehicle or whatever, whatever happens, those things, let's say we were all knowing and we knew that you were in the right in those situations. I still believe it serves you better to ask yourself, what could what could I have done better to avoid that situation? Yeah. And so let's say you did everything perfectly in your mind, but somebody cheats on you. I would still believe that it is my duty and my responsibility to ask myself, what could I have done differently that maybe would have avoided that happening? Mm-hmm. And that's, in my opinion, the only thing that serves you. Yeah. The only thing that ultimately serves you above anything else is that... If I take absolute responsibility, whether or not I am in the right or in the wrong, that means I could improve. You see what I'm trying to say? I see what you mean. I, I get your philosophy in regards to that you have one life and you you could choose how to look with it. I remember there's a gentleman that I had met. I was young, man. And it was this guy at a restaurant. And it was like he had just he had just finished beating cancer. And like he was like the happiest person I've ever seen in my life. And he's back at the job. And he, I remember him telling me, I was like, dude, like you look amazing like this. He says, he looks at me, he's like mental. He's like, there's not a day I went in. I still woke up. And obviously to his capabilities, you know, he did chemo and there was days off. But he says, I still fought through and kept a positive mindset every day that this is going to be better. Instead of saying, you know, some people listen. It, it's it's a tough situation. I'm not. I, I I feel for people in that situation. But the one thing that I learned from him that that is like the way that you look at 
the outcome. Like he was just always positive mindset. And God bless. Like I don't know if he's still alive or not today. This was a couple of years back, but yeah. he had defeated it, and his mindset was so priceless. Where you know he could have fully been like, you know what, this sucks, and could have went you know downhill, a little bit depressed, and not to blame him, man. You know what I mean? I don't know what's like when your life's in jeopardy, but that's I think that's what you're trying to get out of there. It's just kind of like. What are wh how are you gonna how are you gonna perceive this? Are you gonna look at it as a negative, or are you gonna try to be yeah. like, you know what, this fucking how is sucks? This gonna serve let you? me let me try to see the pot like yeah. let me let me not let me try to see the positive, or how could I make this positive? And and I'll, and I'll simplify it in this last sentence. Okay, the way I look at it is this: What do you have control over? Yourself. That is the only thing that you truly have control over. And arguably, you don't even have control over yourself. But that is the only thing that you also arguably have control over is yourself, yeah. right? So if that's the only thing that you legitimately have control over in this life, wouldn't you be better off convincing yourself that you could change something to make things better? Mm -hmm. That means that you still have control over any outcome. That's the logic I'm making. So the minute you say that you have no control over an outcome, well, then you lose control. It's just, it's facts. Yeah. You're admitting that you have no control over it. So why not convince yourself that you had control over that situation and you could do something different to mm -hmm. have a better outcome? That means that you're still in control. Even if something bad happened to you, you're still in control. I agree. And I would say, honestly, the best way that I ever that, – that came to me was like when I would read the book. Um, it's called The uh, the Compounding Effect. Actually, it's called yeah, The Slight compound Edge. compound effect. No, edge. Com no I, I prefer The Slight Edge. It's the same book. It's the same – well, it's the compounding. <laughs> it's, the, it's the yeah, same yeah, principles. Yeah. He had – this stuck to me so fucking clear. He said, the simplest things are so simple in life that people cannot believe them. He's like, if you just do the work every day, it will equate to success. Just the, the things you need to know. But people always try to think like, there's gotta be a there's gotta be a there's gotta be a better way. It can't be this simple. Yeah. It cannot be this simple. I just cannot come and do a if you do wake up and you do a hundred phone calls a fucking day for a whole year, guaranteed your 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 income will change. Correct. In a year. Not to say like, you know, some people could be this, that. But most people are like thinking it can't be that simple. I just can't do it. It's, it just cannot be a hundred phone calls. I got to probably, I got to, like you said, I got to do the website. I got to do, they try to overcomplicate with yeah. what is it that I need to do to move the needle forward? Because they love pushing off the action. Exactly. And exactly. I think the reason why we've all been successful is because of the actions that we do. And I think to Michael's point earlier, our, our view on life and our perspective dictates our outcome. Right. And the only thing that we could control is our perspective. That's the only thing that we can control yeah, in life. Exactly. We can't control anything else. We can't control our wife or girlfriend cheating on us. We can't control one of our loved ones passing away on us, mm -hmm. but we could control the perspective and the meaning that we ascribe to it. Exactly. And I think that will dictate the outcome that our life takes and the success that we're able to garner as a result. Because people could have the love of the, you know, the, a loved one pass away on them and it could ruin their fucking life. But rather, they need to shift that perspective. They need to shift the perspective 
of maybe that loved one was in a really tough space. Maybe they were having a lot of pain mm -hmm. and it is better for them to move on. Mm -hmm. And I am happy that they moved on and are no longer experiencing that pain. And I will always love them. I will always cherish the experience that I had with them. And I will carry that till the end of my days. But people will let something like that deteriorate their life. We can't go back in time and fix things, guys. No, exactly. We can't. We could only ascribe meaning to the things that are currently happening to us and, exactly. the, and our perspective on them. Yeah. And I'll say Liam, Liam Howard, an individual in my company, I love him very much. And he was, he was reading the book, The Man's Search of Meaning, The Man's Search for Meaning. And he was explaining exactly that. All you have at the end of the day is the meaning that you derive from a situation. So why not convince yourself that it's something positive? You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And anyways, I want to switch topics here a little bit. Yeah. I want to ask you, Ambro, if you were restarting today, you were starting from zero, you had zero money in your bank account, what would you do differently today that you didn't do previously? Hmm. Good question. It's tough to say. I, I don't think I would change anything necessarily. The reason behind that is because I think everything serves a purpose. And earlier to our conversation on perspective, I think the perspective that I walked out of the trials and tribulations that I encountered on my road to success allowed me to be the person I am today. And I don't think I would change that for the world. You know, if I want to circle back to when I was a young lad, no success, very dark place, mom struggling with cancer, just dropped out of school. This was a very dark time for me, folks. Mm -hmm. And when I was encountering that, I didn't have much support because everyone thought I was doing the wrong thing. I didn't have a lot of support. So I, I think that's what molds you. That's what creates the foundation that you build grit, that you build perspective and, and that's what allowed me to be the man I am today. And during that period of time, I always wanted to alter my state, whether it was through drugs or alcohol. You know, I, I wouldn't go anything past, you know, the, the stuff that grows in the ground with <laughs> cannabis and mushrooms. But, you know, I, I, think, no, sure. I think that's what I was trying to do. And if I would, if, some, if someone would offer me that today, and the reason I don't do drugs or, or really you know, get fucked up in any capacity. The reason behind me not doing that is because I don't want to alter the, the perspective and the state of mind that I've cultivated over the years. So would I, would I go back and do anything differently? No. But if you're wondering to yourself, if you're watching this and you're like, how, how can I become successful? Maybe I'm not the man to, to, to steer you in that direction because I have not built a billion dollar business. Mm -hmm. There's people with far better acumen than I currently have. Look at Warren Buffett, look at Alex Hermosi, Andy Frisella, Ed Milet, all of these guys. These are the people that I learn from. But if I'm gonna give my perspective and my opinion on where to start and what to do if you're stuck, if you're a young man or woman and you don't know where to go, start with working on yourself. Don't go and start a business. Don't go start doing all of these things. Focus on working on yourself. And you're going to find out some things about yourself through hard work. And that looks like going to the gym, working on your body, working on your mind through these exercises, through this, these trials, you're going to learn a little bit of something about who you truly are. You go Couldn't get punched, you go get punched in the face. 
trust me, you're going to learn who the fuck you are. Yeah. And I got the I got the pleasure of getting punched in the head one too many times, maybe to, to my disservice. <laughs> but I would say, so if you guys hear me slur any words on this on this podcast, you know why. But, oh, that's nice head movement. Yeah, a little, little but this guy got a little flashback. Yeah, uh, bob and weave, baby. Um, but I, I think that if you do those hard things, you're going to cultivate a certain level of mindset, and you could carry that mindset into anything that you do. Right. Another thing that I would say that I did very early on is build a brand. We talked about this earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You will never. It will never hurt you to build a brand early on. And am I saying go start a course or, you know, go educate people on business or any of that stuff? Fuck no. But document, you know, as Gary Vee says, document your journey. Mm -hmm. Document you doing the things you know you need to do. Educating yourself, working out, going and experiencing physical activity. And as you cultivate, yeah, putting in the fucking work. Document that journey. You don't have anything important to fucking say yet. You have no right educating anyone on shit. Yeah. And even at my position where I've made people hundreds of millions of dollars at this point, I still don't feel like I have the right to tell anyone what to do or educate anyone in any capacity. When it Would comes you to say, sales, though, educate or like, like share your experience? I think sharing my experience is yes, is definitely what i'm here for i i think no I, i'm talking about like sales right you could you could definitely Listen, share your experience with sales well, and when what it comes to learned. sales undoubtedly i'm the fucking man but i i think closing king baby follow i i, I think <laughs> i think when it comes to business and personal development i think those are things that i'm still working on right sure. now i like how you're getting but closer i think, I think you're man. i think you're being humble like i think that like okay if somebody is making more than you or done more than you of course then you you're not going to teach them but for the majority of people if they don't listen to you and derive some sort of value from what you're saying right now then that's they're doing a disservice to themselves because there is no way that you can't help somebody that is in a position that where they're worse off than you're at currently yeah. You know? Well, some people like worse off where mentally. I think I could correlate. Or, I think just financially. Financially, just because we're very big at financial, a minimum, right? Financially, some people they don't really care about the money, bro. But you know, like it's not like us. We are. You very... don't care about the money. It's as if you go into a a arcade and you're like, I don't care about the tokens. I just want to be here, and it's like, okay, but enjoy that. But you won't be able to play then, any games. But then you're yes, on the sidelines. Saying, you get to I'm, watch other no, 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 people no, play I, the I'm games. I'm just playing like, devil's like, dude, advocate. No, but I, I We are very much business. But I know people that their dream is literally to just teach kids and just do the things that but they I, love. I think, I think that is a delusion. And I'll explain why. I'll explain why. Because given the opportunity to have everything they've ever wanted, they take it in a heartbeat. So I think that is that is a perspective that they've taken to justify their lack of inaction, their lack of of sacrifice, their lack of ambition, their lack of risk. And I think, yes, don't get me wrong, the monks don't want anything. Mm-hmm. But I think they've they've found bliss in a certain section. But I think for the general populace, and I think this goes for ninety nine percent of people. I think everyone wants to live a life of experience, right? Money is simply a tool. It's only a resource. 
It's a resource in order to purchase experience during the short period of time that we're alive. Now, my favorite quote is by Neil deGrasse Tyson, and it goes something along the lines of, it's the knowledge that I'm going to die that creates the focus I bring to being alive. The need to love now, not later. The need to experience now, not later. And I think with such a short period of time that we're alive, and we've been friends since we were young little boys. 12, 15 how, years. How quickly has this passed? Like, I've known you for probably 20 oh, years at this yeah, point. Yeah. 20 years. How quickly has 20 years gone by? Instantly. Instantly. It's a flash. It's a blip of time. So when we put that into perspective, wouldn't you want to experience everything there is to experience? Wouldn't you want to be able to engage in everything that your mind could possibly imagine? Everything this yes. world has to offer. I agree. But there's one thing I just have to point out. You don't know what you don't know. We've been very lucky that we have been exposed to these things. Correct. Remember, there's one person, Jeremy, when we went down to his conference. Jeremy, by the way, is someone that um, you know, Amber does business as well as we, uh, whatever, someone that we, we know in the industry. And I remember speaking to his sales rep and he was, I think you were in that conversation too. And his sales rep, I forget the guy's, I forget the guy's name. He was working at a gun shop making $300 a month, but that's all he knew. It was natural. Everyone in his family was making $300 a month. He, and I had asked him, I said, dude, $300 like didn't you think to yourself like there's more out there he's like till I met Jeremy man he's like this was the norm in our like where yeah, I lived where he was, he's yeah. like I didn't it was just you wake up you go to work like he wasn't having these thoughts so in my perspective I in I us yes but to, to the majority of the population I sometimes they don't know what they don't know to a certain degree I think listen if you were live in a evolved society so you're not in a third world country. But if you're for, listening for to this podcast. Yeah, but for clarification, if, you're, if you have access to internet, you live in an advanced society. Let's call, let's call it that for, for layman's terms. Don't you think you'd be able to access all of the information that's available to you for basically free? And, and you know, I'll add to that point, okay? I'll say this. If you're listening to this podcast, now you know. Money is a tool to get things for you. It is a medium of trade for other things, for other experiences in life. That's all it is. Yeah. So if you don't think money is good or you don't think that the pursuit of money equals anything positive for your life, fair enough. But how do you retire the, your loved ones? How do you experience things that you've never experienced? Right. How do you get things that you don't have access to today? The medium of exchange is money. So if you are listening to this, abolish any other beliefs that you've ever had about money and just convince yourself that if you had more money, you have more opportunity to use it to do good things in the world, to do whatever you want yeah. in the world, to use it to trade for anything in the world mm -hmm. because the only medium of exchange is money. Yeah. And and to your point, Nick, you know, let's say the 
the example used earlier, you know, the, the lady who wants to just help kids. Earlier, prior to the podcast, I, I, you know, basically made a reference to helping yourself prior to helping others. You know, if, yeah, if you guys yeah, have ever been on a flight, you know, the whole spiel that the flight attendants give say you prior. It, say it. That's yeah, good. It, it's yeah, pretty yeah, much, you know, make sure you put on your mask before helping assist so another So when do you passenger. put off the mask? Let's be so simple because it's such a good point. Yeah. Like, I mean, listen, before putting on your mask, make sure you put on the... You, oh, wow, I fucked that up. You got me all twisted up. But pretty much, the, the, the point that I'm trying to get across here is you cannot help other people unless you help yourself first. Yeah. And simply put on those flights, you got to put on your mask before you put on anyone else's mask. So the medium to do that, to Michael's point, is through the amass, amassing capital. It's by gaining access to this resource that allows us to help anyone with enough money you could change the fucking world absolutely and am i saying to the listeners you should be a billionaire am i even saying to you guys you should be a billionaire no experience life to the degree that you want i don't think anyone should cast any beliefs that you should live life to a certain standard and that's what you need to experience Mm -hmm. it's your fucking life do whatever the fuck you want with your life but i think for those of you whose primary objective is to help people, you got to help yourself first. Mm-hmm. Don't, 100%. Don't bro. go on this tangent. Totally don't go on this self-delusion that, oh, I do it just because I love to help people. If you really love to help people, you will get so disgustingly fucking rich that, you're, that your ability to help would extend far past your own personal ability. And I think that money is a resource that allows you to do many things. Absolutely. And like we, like it brings back to what we had originally said with responsibility, right? And now I have a question for you, you know, obviously going back to your, your agency and your business. Yeah. Obviously managing people is tough. You know, how do you, with the mindset, kind of guide them to – kind of see a little bit like hey you know you got to be responsible for the actions or the calls or whatever how do you kind of pave that way in regards as a leader to you know not only make them strive but kind of create a company culture like we're we're discussing a little bit yeah i i think something that truly benefited my company early on is almost creating a a shared responsibility in the in the performance structure the compensation structure of the business right such as like just to, for e- people everything, to understand everything is commission only right okay. so even the executive payouts when it comes to our COO our our CAO our our VPs our sales managers everything is on a commissions basis so we almost do like a profit share of everything that we do as a company. And I think that aligns my entire company to this one mission of we need to help people, we need to get people on the right track, we need to sell people on products and services that they are inquiring about. It's not like we're doing cold calling, it's not like we're going and harass people. Mm -hmm. When people are coming, at least in inbound sales and remote closing what we do for these companies, they're expressing interest in our product. We're not just going and running up to their front door and saying, hey, buy our fucking product. You know, that's definitely not what we're doing. You know, more like in 100% of cases, they're going to see an ad that's going to be entailed about a problem that they're looking to solve. For example, let's say someone wants to get into real estate investing in the United States. 
a lot of our clients will position their ads on a specific area of real estate. Let's say, for example, the Burr model or wholesaling mm -hmm. or so on and fix and flip. And those people will want to get into that industry. Or maybe they're already in the industry and they want access to more education. They now are, are contacting us and we are helping them solve a problem. So that is kind of like the core principle of our business. Let's help people solve problems. We almost want to act as doctors helping people prescribe a solution. Right. And I think we're coming in to just diagnose that problem and steer them to, you know, the outcome that they want. And listen, there's been many times where we think people are not a right fit and we let them go because maybe our product can't help us. No, 100%. But to bring it back to like the leader position, the leader, right? Yeah. The leader position because salespeople, you would know, are tough. Yes, are tough. Yes. And especially to keep, you know, it's, it's commission. Yeah. It, it's like there's a reason why salespeople make a lot of money. They're you know dogs. what I mean? It's because they're because they're dogs, man. It's a tough job. If everyone yeah, was good at sales, everyone'd be fucking rich. So I'm just trying to say, like, tough. what I'm trying to say is because you know, obviously, as a leader, and you've built a very successful business with a lot of sales reps. How do you keep the vision aligned with? We got to take responsibility. We got to be motivated. You know, and and how do you kind of like? What are some things that you do to really, you know, that company culture? that you've created, you know, I would say not just you, but like the whole team has created, right? Like what are some things that you do to just always kind of like bring it back to like, you know, we're responsible for what we do because a lot of people would be like, well, you know, oh, this, that, I'm just not doing good this month. It's, it's that, yada, yada, right? Like yeah. I'm sure you get a lot of that, but like how do you, you know, always try to put them back on the right track and like, dude, we, you got to take responsibility and like, you know, obviously diagnose it, but bring them back to like, Telling how do you them, like, keep them okay. accountable? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, how do you kind of keep them accountable? I, I think the overarching thing that we're, we're trying to discuss here is how do you manage people? How do you manage a company? How do you, how do you share a vision? And I think that's with having a strong vision in the first place. By no stretch of the imagination have I ever gone into a company meeting and say, we're only here to help people. Because I'd be fucking lying straight to their face. I am here to make money. And the byproduct of that is that I'm helping people solve problems in their business or helping them solve problems in their finances. And that is the byproduct. And that is the understanding that is a shared understanding amongst everyone in my company that we don't confuse what we do with, oh, we're just trying to help people or make their lives easier, all this stuff. No, we are here to make money. And in exchange for us making money, we want to help people buy viable products that are going to help them solve a problem in their business, either making them more money, giving them more ability to provide for their families, whatever that looks like to them. Like once again, back to my point earlier, they're coming with a problem to us in the first place. Mm -hmm. It's our job to solve it. And that's what we get paid for. Now, when it comes to the management of a team, having a strong belief system, having a strong guiding principle like, hey, what we do here at Stratton is we make a fuckload of money and we help people in the process. Mm -hmm. And that's something everyone could get behind because it's not diluted with bullshit. We don't try to say, hey, you know, and I'll, I'll kind of iterate a little bit more on this. Every time I've heard someone in business say, all I want to do is formulate a relationship or really help people. Those are always the motherfuckers that fuck people over in business. Because they're trying to disguise their true intentions. I don't do that. In every meeting, I say, let's go get some money. Let's, let, let, let's go help people in the process. 
but let's go get fucking paid. And I think that's that's the important principle because a lot of people like to disguise their true intentions. I want to make money so I could have as many experiences as I want. And with the remainder of that, I truly want to help people. And I love it. I, I love helping my team as well. And I think in order to really steer your team in the right direction, it's not so much leading from the front because you will have to do that in the beginning, but it's leading from the center. And what I mean by that is, have you guys ever seen a wolf pack? Yeah, absolutely. All the alphas are in the middle because I thought they were in the back. I thought they were in the front. No, they're they're in the middle. (laughs) Clearly, we don't know wolf packs at all. Anyways, we're not biologists. I could be completely wrong here. (laughs) I thought they were always the leaders in the front. Maybe I heard heard a TikTok or some shit like that, and I'm spitting out some bullshit. (laughs) Let's just assume. If it serves you, then it's positive. That's the point. I wish I had a clip. Middle. Okay, they're in the middle. Listen, nothing nothing matters but the things we ascribe meaning to. So, from my own viewpoint. The alphas of a wolf back lead from the middle. Okay. But anyways, we want we want our strongest performers to lead the way. We want to build a culture that allows our our top guys to to lead and make sure that they're doing their thing. And we want to give them free reigns to be individuals. Mm-hmm. I want my guys to become absurdly wealthy. I don't want to cap anyone at a certain income. And that is a belief that has been translated into my guys who are now becoming leaders in their own regard right and i think i had to set a good example for that to take place so i had to lead from the front in the beginning but now that i have these great people in my business i could take a step back as the leader and say hey these guys are amazing in my business these guys have equity these guys have rev share these guys are in the mix with me they are as important to the business as i am I'm going to give them some autonomy to do their thing. And I hope with that responsibility, it doesn't overburden them and they could execute. And some people break. Some Mm -hmm. people, you give them a little too much responsibility early on, they shatter. But you have to know when to do that. And it stems down to your decision-making process as a business owner. How can I set my team up for success and not failure? And when you give your team the opportunity to be successful time and time and time again, they trust the things that you say. And when you're a man of your word, when you do what you say you're going to do, when you show up every day, and this goes to my principle earlier, I don't tell anyone how many hours to work at my company. I don't say how many days. I set the fucking tone with my own actions. I show up every fucking day. I put in the work. I do the client communications. I don't go running around to ask people for this and this and this. I do it instead. And as a result, and we could translate this to if we want to get really nitty gritty for the, for the salespeople out there. Let's say, for example, updating your data. Something that salespeople fucking hate to do. It's a nightmare to get these fucking people to do this. But <laughs> updating your data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get a- <laughs> If I go and start updating their data for them, what do you think is going to be the byproduct of that? They won't do it. They they will. They will do it. And the reason why is because they know I'm fucking doing it for them. So it's not that I'm trying to micromanage my team. It's that I'm setting an example. It's like, if you can't pick up the slack, I will. And just by setting the fucking tone in your company. I love it. You set a standard. You set a fucking standard for your team. And you say, hey, we're not going to fall below this. If you fall below this, you're just not meant to be here. Mm -hmm. 
And you also have to be rigorous with, you know, making sure you're bringing the right people on the bus in the first place, mm -hmm. making sure they're in the right seats. I've made mistakes before with certain people in my company with giving them too much responsibility and it doesn't work out sometimes and we have to readjust and, and it doesn't mean that they're bad or, you know, they're not a good leader or any of that stuff. It just means I put them in the wrong seat. Right. So you have to be mindful of your team and the overarching principle behind being a great manager in your business by managing a team effectively, I would say is being a leader in general, doing the things you know you have to do and being a man of your word. And by setting that standard and hiring the right people, that gets ingrained to so many different levels in your business, all the way down to your bottom employees that are now new hires that are coming in. Like we don't have to chase after guys to update data anymore. Mm -hmm. You've some, just set that level. Some of the, some of the, some of the vets, some of the guys who've been with us for a while. I'm lying, but they, we stopped to chase. Them <laughs> but, but the new guys are fucking top tier. Yeah. They update their data. They they upload they upload everything correctly. They never miss calls, and that's the kind of standard that you know the the guys who have been in the company for a while have set. And that's what you got to do. You got to set the fucking tone. Right. And that's that's the best piece of managing a company I could possibly give you is especially if you have in my case, I can't know every person in my company personally anymore when you have 40 fucking people in your company. Yeah. Like I have four friends and you guys are two of them. Yeah. <laughs> so like listen, I don't have the bandwidth to fuck with 40 people. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. as much as I love my team and you know, I try to extend an olive branch here and there to have as many conversations with them as possible it's i just can't possibly do it to the the degree in which i did at the beginning of the company so your team has to be a direct byproduct especially in the early phases of the person you want them to be and that starts with you if you set that fucking example that will be carried through every segment of your business as you grow I, like I love that. it. I like that. That was fucking deep. That was deep. That was I amazing. love it, man. You so what do you do? What do you do that sets the example for the rest of the company? Like what yeah. is the list of like 10 things or five things that you know you have to do every single time to make sure you set the tone for your company? It, it's tough to extrapolate that out to other companies because this is, but in general, this is not for something you, just like, for you. this is not an SOP. This is not a yeah. standard operating procedure for how I've become a good manager in my business. And I'm not perfect. But guys. what like, works listen, for you? What, what works, works for What you? worked for me is especially when it came to schedules because salespeople have the tendency of fucking off. You know, they make a super great commission check one month, let's say 40, 50 grand US they're on top of the moon. You know, they're going to go blow that shit. They're going to go buy something crazy. Yeah, they're going to go do a vacation. And a lot of salespeople have vices. So we're not going to get into that. But anyways, <laughs> they end up going on these benders. So <laughs> <laughs> I've had to deal with it one too many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, how I've set the tone is similar to what I told you guys early on in the podcast. I came in to the business and did not step away for more than 24 hours for a thousand fucking days. Think back to yourself. Think back to yourself. In the last thousand days, have I shown up? 
Have I done the fucking work? Have I educated myself? Have I done the things that I know I have to fucking do in order to be the person that I want to be? Because a thousand days ago, I wasn't in the same position I'm in now. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking at your life on that type of time scale and you're saying, hey, this is this is what I did for a thousand fucking days. I showed up every day. I educated myself. I put in the work. I did everything I know I was supposed to do. That's what the byproduct is. You reach a level of success that is undeniable. And you guys saw me early on in the business. You know, I had imposters. What is it? Imposter syndrome? Is that is that the terminology? Is it the shiny spoon? Is it no, no? imposters? Imposter like syndrome. Don't feel like like I didn't feel like I was it. doing the right thing. I didn't deserve it. I I, I didn't. I, oh, I yeah, 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 yeah. There was yeah, so yeah. much criticism behind me in the business and everything I had done up until that point that I was like, oh my God, like, am I even doing the right thing? And I think what really like changed everything for me was in the initial phases, I was doing it just because I, I needed money. I, I was fucking poor as can be. So I needed to figure it out. So I was just selling people, not giving a fuck. I was just like, how can I convince you to give me money over the phone? Let me get this done have the product if you refund whatever i charge back by commissions that's the deals that we have with all of our clients <coughs> but pretty much when i was on that trajectory i was very unfulfilled i didn't think i was doing the right thing although i was just giving people access to funding and credit repair services i didn't feel like i was doing the right thing because all these external factors were telling me you're not doing the right thing. You're doing bad business. You're scamming people. You're doing something not right. Blah, 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 blah. And those thoughts started to leach into my brain. And it was only when I spoke with this individual. He had a digital marketing agency at the time. He was down to his two last clients. And right before that call, his last client dropped him. So he had one left. And basically, I think he had like three days left on that contract. And then he was pretty much his business was over. He was basically bankrupt. And he was like, I'm going to go homeless if this doesn't work for me. And in my mind, I was like, listen, buddy, I don't really care about your situation, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, I didn't say this to him, of course, but I, this is what I was thinking in my mind. I was like, well, let me just get sales one on one. Let me just get a 12K pay in full so I could get my two grand commission from the company that I was working for at the time. And I think a month later, and mind you, I was still dealing with this imposter syndrome. I was like, oh, you know, what I'm really doing isn't right. I don't know if this is truly what I was, I was destined to do. A month later, this guy comes back to me. I believe it was two months later. He had come back to me. He's like, I got the funding that my business needed. I changed everything around. I got six new clients by using ads and whatnot. And I'm now making $30,000 a month. Good for him. And man. I just want to thank you for everything that you did by pushing me over the phone. And that's when it really clicked in my mind and that I'm really helping people. And we've had, a, a you know, the opportunity of going into a, a multitude of different verticals. But the reason why we love info products so much is because when we get those testimonials and listen, don't get me wrong. I love making rich people richer. It's been my bread and butter. 100%. It's how I've made all my money. But making someone like the individual that I just spoke about. Go from like basically dead nothing, zero, to actually changing his fucking life. I was like, that's what I'm doing this for. That's the, the purpose I could put behind this. 
and let let's not be deluded. I still love fucking making money. Don't let's not confuse that with anything. I love money more than I love most things, but <laughs> helping people being when helping people is the byproduct, how the fuck could you ever feel wrong with what you're doing? Yeah. And that's where everything shifted for me and I was like whatever your, the external noise is in the background, it's irrelevant. They could say whatever they like. I'm going to scale this to the point where it's undeniable. And I think I've reached that point. When you look at www.closingsolutions.io, that's our company website. When you look at the testimonials that are there, and then you look at the testimonials that are on our clients' websites, the success is undefuckingniable now. So I think I've proven to myself and I've proven to those you know, around me, and of course everyone will still have their doubts, but I think I've I've proven that what we're doing here is really helping people and it's making a lot of money in the process. I can vouch for it, man. We've worked out contracts. So you guys are definitely changing people's lives. Well, yeah, we have we had that, you know, uh joint client, Tatiana Londano. Yeah. For those of you in Montreal, she's like one of the biggest, you know, brokerages, the Londano group here in Montreal. And we helped scale her to a couple hundred thousand dollars a month in revenue. Yeah. So even, you can see the testimonial on, dude, on, on our site as well. Even just with the new client as well that we're working with. Like we work on, for people that don't know, we work on a couple of contracts as well. You know, like it's not just the client's life that's, obviously we're making the client well, a fuck we're making rich people rich. Yeah. I don't, I don't but, know if there's too much, too no, no, much no, 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 that, no, 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 100%. But they're also helping people with their time because, fuck yeah. dude, like the, the, the value that they give is insane. But, you know, it wasn't like, so one of the questions I would have to ask is like, obviously back in the day, you know, it may have been different, but let's say someone comes to you, you know, or you, someone comes to you, let's say like, hey man, I got a course, I've seen you've done this, 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 this. Do you have like kind of vetting process before? Like, do you kind of take a look at like what their shit is and like, eh? Yeah. Like, is this, course. are they really providing values? Like that's something that you go through. Yeah. So we turn down a lot of clients and the reason behind that is because- I think in for or in for in order for us to have integrity behind what we're doing, right? We need to know that this this person's product can actually help people. It right. actually works, right? If they're trying to create a knockoff of someone else's program and just you know shell that to all their audience or whatever that may be, or it's just not going to work. It's not something that we want to get behind because when we represent a client, we're putting our names on the line as well. So it's a, it's important for us to have the confidence in our client being able to deliver. And will they deliver in 100% of cases? Probably not. But it, it's something to consider that we go through a pretty strict vetting process. And that's going to entail like, listen, if you don't have above a $20, 30000000 million net worth mm -hmm. prior to you selling education, you probably shouldn't be selling education. I totally agree, man. I totally agree. I get told all the time, people ask me like, Oh man, like especially I just started posting like, why aren't you doing course? I'm like, dude, I like, I Love I wouldn't sell a fucking course. Like I don't feel like once I once once the company's worth a hundred mil, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll do yeah. a course once I once I hit a hundred mil, I'll, I'll do a course. But like I'm in no position right now to really do it. I get asked all the time, so I totally agree with you. You know, it, like it's definitely once they hit that certain level, that it's just like undeniable. It's like yeah. you are the leader. In your industry, this is how we did it. Yeah, well, because it's really easy to go ahead and go watch some YouTube videos on 
Shopify drop shipping or whatever. Literally, the fuck. Bro. Literally. Build a course. Literally. Build a little bit of an audience. But a lot of people and make do most it. of your money. It's really hard to build an actual real fucking business. It is. Exactly. And I've done many of those things. Yeah. I've done drop shipping. I've done. And let me Amazon. tell you, drop shipping done everything. makes it, a lot of money. It, it could. Does. It could. Ninety percent of them don't. The ten percent do. And again, it's just like for that shit. It's like, dude, like you can. Oh, this is the best way to see Facebook, bro. It comes down to one thing and one thing only. The product. That's it. 100%. If your product is good, people will buy. If your product is shit, no one's going to buy. Yeah. Exactly. Literally, no one's going to buy. Chat the GPT. The market Chat dictates GPT your exactly success. Exactly. 100%. perfect example. Yeah. But anyways, I, we'll end it on this, okay? Let's, let's end it on this. The last question I have for you is this. If there is one thing that you could leave with the audience, one thing only, that you think that if you explain this one thing, it would help them if they implemented it. What would that be? One thing only. Identify the right opportunity. And then work really hard to pursue it. It doesn't have to be a business. It doesn't have to be a skill. Whatever is important to you towards your goal, identify that goal. And find the opportunity to get to it. Couple that with a ton of hard work and sprinkle a little bit of luck on there. You will reach your goal, whatever that looks like for you. And for some of the listeners, maybe you want to make six figures a year. Maybe you want to build a well in Guatemala. Maybe you want to do something spectacular with your life. Maybe you want to be the next Elon Musk. Yeah. I think establish that goal. Identify the opportunity to get there and work really fucking hard to make it a reality. And in a thousand days from now, you'll wake up and it'll be real. Wow. Amen. Well, I appreciate it, bro. Respect Absolutely. for... Uh, thank you for thank coming. You, the official thank first for, guest. Thank you, thank you for you, having bro. me, gentlemen. Thank I hope I... Uh, yeah. I, w- I built up all the hype. 100%. Love so, you, brother. I really love appreciate it. Yeah, I love it. it. I just want to say one thing. Now, for those of you that don't know, if you guys haven't already gone and subscribed to our contest, make sure that you do so. Um, we're going to be giving away a free trip, all-inclusive, for two people to Punta Cana. All you need to do is just subscribe to our YouTube channel, and that's how you enter. So if you haven't done already, make sure that you do so. Um, and yeah, bro, thank you so much for coming out. I don't know, Michael, there's anything thank you Thank you wanna... very much. If you think we're, we're stupid, if you think we're smart, if you gain value, if you hate us, just subscribe, please. <laughs> you might win an all-inclusive vacation for two people. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Forget about us. It's about the <laughs> vacation. Subscribe, follow us, do whatever you can. We appreciate it. Thank you all very much, and uh, we, we, we appreciate your support.